0: I'm Chief Christy Giuseppe from WhatCopsWatch.com, and you're listening to another terrifying episode of Two Guys Talking Horror on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Have you ever had the feeling of being watched? Hidden eyes following you. A cold chill crawling up your spine. The hairs on the back of your neck standing straight up. Do you know what that is? It's fear. fear. Fear is the most basic human emotion tied into our instinct to survive. Fear gives us the means to overcome great odds or cripple us with paralyzing dread. Fear can also entertain. Turn off all the lights, lock your closet door, and ignore the sounds from beneath your bed. It's time for Two Guys Talking Horror. As children, after watching a horror film, our minds would race with the concept of, what if I was in the movie? closing ourselves off in our rooms to pretend we were playing hide-and-seek with a gremlin, racing back and forth across the yard trying to outrun a bunch of critters, or maybe rounding up our friends to stage one final offense against a horde of zombies craving our brains. The only thing that could enhance our playtime was if we had monster toys to join in the fun.
1: Growing up, we are taught to put away childish things, and focus on being adults. There's no time for playing or using our imagination. It's all about learning to work hard, pay our bills and taxes, raise a family, and die. Right? WRONG! Thanks to modern technology and direct input from fans of all ages, Horror toys are readily available from a number of great companies. We are living in a golden age for collectors,
0: but it wasn't always this great. Dust off your mad balls, take your My Pet Monster out of the closet, and join in as we go toying around during this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Greetings and salutations, boys and ghouls. I'm Nicholas J. Hearn. I'm Jason Cantini. And welcome to another episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Uh, if you haven't guessed, it's going to be all about toys. Man. Oh, It's oh, okay. all about toys. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you realized that while we were doing it. I didn't
1: know. I just kind of read words. I wasn't right. really, yeah. Reading words.
0: <laughs> we were children of the 80s, a little bit of the 90s, and we were lucky enough, there were a lot of great... Horror based toys that we got to enjoy, but it's nothing compared to what we have oh, now. Not now. Yeah, not and it's like also now. nothing compared to what our parents had because our parents lacked in horror toys. I mean, really, for them it was model kits or statues. Yeah, or, or keeping their. Halloween costumes pristine to uh, to to use on other occasions
1: painting old army men to to resemble characters right, I mean, you right. you know you had to make your own stuff
0: Exactly Now before we get ahead of ourselves we have to do a little bit of housekeeping <laughs> Horror at the Versus Machine Now here at the two guys talking podcast network we have a great show called The Versus Machine and The Versus Machine takes two works, tosses them into the machine, and has them go up against each other. Usually it's a book and then the film adaptation, but sometimes not. Sometimes it's a video game and film adaptation. Sometimes it's a film adaptation versus another film adaptation. There's a little bit of horror mixed into the Versus machine, and I wanted to make sure all of our fans knew about it. I have had the pleasure of teaming up with Mike Wilkerson, and we have not only talked about Silver Bullet the film versus mm. Cycle of a Werewolf the book but we've also done I Am Legend the book Richard Matheson's great epic story versus the 2007 Will Smith I Am Legend film that people saw and well <laughs> as you you can tell by my reaction I wasn't all that impressed I'm not going to get into that because you have to go and listen to those episodes and we are going to make sure that we have links to both of them at the show notes on our website for this episode. So go check them out. If you were ever a fan of Stephen King's Cycle of a Werewolf or Richard Matheson's I Am Legend, you're in for a treat. That's all of the housekeeping I've got to take care of, Jason. Let's jump right in. Let's swim in nostalgia. Toy time. Yes, it's toy time. We're going to be toying around. What horrors were available? We're both born, nineteen seventy nine. Right. So the majority of our toy playing fun was done during the eighties. Right. Maybe early nineties, but yeah, a little bit over the early nineties, but, but mainly yeah, definitely the eighties. In my mind, there was a cornucopia of great toys dancing on the television Just saying, "Buy me, buy me." I've talked about it a lot on previous episodes, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I still own my my pet monster he he's actually sitting across the studio right now in a, in his chair watching us if i remember
1: if i remember correctly i think he may even be in one of our videos when we uh when we were promoting the the spooky stuff i, I think believe, i think he was in the background i believe somewhere. harry I was, made a was lurking
0: out. in the background while we yeah. were filming the spooky stuff yes i received that my pet monster for my eighth birthday. So we're talking summer of 1987. Uh, My birthday had come and gone. My birthday party, you know, had a lot of fun friends over presents. Great. It fell on an off day. So the, you know, the party was held on a Saturday. It wasn't until the next morning, my actual birthday, when I wake up, I come downstairs and there on the kitchen table is sitting Harry in all of his glory now, of course, back then he was pristine, except for his chains. The The chains, my mother actually had to purchase the toy broken because the chains were broken in the wrong place. And the store didn't give a damn. Are it's you serious? Our last, it's our last one. Do you want uh, it or not? I guess it was popular enough at the time. Yeah. That they just, yeah. If you watch the advertisements for the toy, and I'll I'll put a link to the commercial from YouTube on the show notes so people can see it. Really, one of the big selling points was you could wear the chains and you could right. break the chains you too, could just be, like hair, just yeah. like the monster. I didn't care about that. I wanted the monster. No, 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 sure. no chains. I wanted the monster. Now Harry became my, I guess you could say, my security blanket, because if you're facing Harry, it's his left horn. Uh, What I would do is anytime my mother would take me anywhere, you know, to mingle in society as a child, you know, adults get together and there's kids, sometimes a lot of kids, sometimes you're the only kid Mm -hmm. and you're sat in front of the television and watch this while mommy has fun with her friends. Okay. Well, I had Harry and I would hold on to Harry. Harry'd sit on my lap and I'd wrap my arms around him and I would actually, I don't know if I should really be sharing this, the... The traumas of a <laughs> ch- small child, but because I was nervous, I would actually chew on on the top of his horn, and it got to the point to where the back of that horn, the very top back of that horn, actually wore away the, uh, the fabric, because it was made to look like it was a horn that had ridges. Well, I, I chewed away the ridges, <laughs> again, like a security blanket. He's also been through uh, a mess of trouble. Uh, he was stolen from me at one point in time in my life. And when I got him back, he was missing an eye and the iris of his other eye. Have you have you
1: ever found out to this day what what happened to his eye? Oh yeah, I mean it got it got ripped
0: off. Okay. The the people who stole him from me just ripped it off because they didn't care about the toy like I did. And despite the fact that he was a damaged toy, I to this day have still never gotten rid of of Harry. Harry will be with me. Harry will probably end up being buried with me. <laughs> Harry may outlive me.
1: And I always wanted a my pet monster. I yeah. always wanted a my yeah. pet
0: monster. And we just, you know, they were expensive. They they were expensive. I mean, even even by today's standards, they were still expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were they were expensive. And boy, for what was that? About a year or two, they were the hot toy. I mean yeah. they were they were the Tickle Me Elmo that year. I and mean, I guess that that itself is showing my age. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, no, I never had anything like that. I had either hand-me-down toys mm. from things either our previous generation or our parents had. Right, right. Or toys that were reissued Okay, from okay. things. So uh, in the 60s, there was a line of toys that uh, I believe they were originally put out by uh, a company called Marks. mm And then eventually, I think they were released by a company called MPC, Model Products Corporation, I think they're called. They were about six or seven inches in height, and uh, they they were mostly the universal monsters. So I think there was a uh, Frankenstein and a mummy and Mm. creature. I think we had the mummy, the creature, and the wolfman, I think, were the three that we had. I think there were six in total. You know, you would get these, and every time they got reissued, they were reissued in a different color. But they mm-hmm. were all one piece of plastic. Okay, and they were so solid, solid, solid piece. Okay. Yeah, solid piece. There was no articulation of any kind. You know, you could either paint them or do whatever you want with them. I guess. So they were a little bit more like statues made of plastic that you could play with. In you a, in didn't a have sense. to worry about
0: breaking because right. they right, jo- jo- because a hunk they of were plastic. Piece of plastic, right. yeah.
1: And we loved those things. Mm. I mean, we used to play, especially with the mummy one. I don't know why my brother just loved that toy. Mm. Uh, I believe he probably even still has it. And I think that those were, either they were toys that my cousins played with, and they were, my cousins were about 10 years older than me. Oh, okay. Either it was toys that they played with, or they were my dad's toys. So I had those, and I had, uh, there was a series of toys that were put out, again, I want to say it was in the 60s, but I think the set that I got was a, a reissue set in the eighties that I think Fritos put out. I think you got one in, in the bag of Fritos. Oh wow, okay. And there were these little like two and a half to three inch PVC figures. Yeah. I don't know, eight to ten of them in the set, something like that. And they were all basic monsters. I think that the werewolf character looked like the Lon Cheney Wolfman. Hmm. But otherwise the others were all pretty just kind of generic. Like a generic Dracula. I think that there was a uh, like a, a hooded killer with a knife and uh, hmm. a skeleton and and things of that nature and and they glow in the dark and so that's what we had growing up that's that was the stuff that that we played with before the advent of real monster action figures kind of took mm. off there probably mid to late 80s well but, it's, yeah. it
0: sounds exactly what you're describing sounds like something that they did in the 80s uh there was uh this line of tiny little Plastic toys called Monster in my pocket.
1: They're very similar to Monster. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the only the only difference I, I do believe Monster in my pocket had like a three or maybe four different colors that they would put. Yeah, the stuff and there was there yeah. was almost like two hundred and fifty of them. Was too. There was a lot. lot. Yeah, there was a lot.
1: Yeah, there was a lot in that set.
0: Way too many for some little kid punk kid like me to be able to get a, a hold of all of them. But I had a handful of them, and yeah. I remember some of them. And again, very small. They reminded me a lot of. Uh, there was a line of tiny little toys. They were all pink. They were called Muscle Wrestler. They were like wrestlers. Yeah, they were all these weird different shapes. And
1: it was a it was a Japanese, I think, manga or something, mm. or a toy line that that was then purchased and released here. Muscle. For anyone that was curious, it was an acronym. You remember that? It was the the name Muscle was an acronym. Uh, yes, yes. And it and it stood for. Millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. So it's a it's a real mouthful. But they were creatures. They were creatures, yeah. So they were, so they were so yeah, technically monsters, I guess, even though they were wrestler monster
0: things. I, I want to say that the muscle critters came in a trash can.
1: That sounds familiar, like and a, I don't like think a... you knew what you... I think they were a mystery figure, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. I think long before Something like that. the Something, mystery yeah. figures of today. And you yeah. didn't know
0: what you were going to get, so yeah. you had to keep on buying... Uh, you had to keep on buying them in bulk,
1: like a, like a trading card. You, you know, trading well, card back, You didn't again, know
0: there were probably as many muscle as, muscles as the monster in my pocket. So again, yeah, you could never yeah. collect them all.
1: Yeah, it was a weird time then uh, for monster toys because you know, you either had these small little three inch or two inch figures, whether they were reissues of old stuff or the muscle figures right. or the monster in my pocket, or you had these odd shaped. Almost plush like dolls and bizarre things like Mad Balls or the Boglins. Ah, oh, yes. You know, it, it, there was no real in between. Now, I had probably about three or four Mad Balls, I yeah, think. I uh, mean, I had a had, handful of them. Yeah. yeah. They were great, and I, I loved Mad Balls. Uh, I think there was even a comic book that I may have had at one time.
0: Well, because I think there was a cartoon. Oh, that's right. Sh- I do remember that. A very short-lived yeah. cartoon. And, yeah. and let us not forget, if there was a toy and a cartoon, there was a comic book There was a, book a comic well, book, and so. I
1: yeah, had to have it. Now, the Boglins, I never had any of those. I, I, I
0: have vague recollection of them. I actually owned a Boglin. Uh, very sad, very, very sad that uh, it, it was an interesting rubber material. The the creature sat in its box, and the box looks like it's a little, uh, not necessarily a jail cell. It's like somebody threw uh, some some hammer and nails and, and some wood. It's like a crate to wasn't create it? Like, a crate yeah, yeah. with with bars in the front, so the creature could look out, so you could right. see what uh, what what boggling you were getting. Because there was a, there was a handful of different ones, uh, different colors, different shapes, uh, and it was literally it was a hand puppet. Really, it yeah, a that's what puppet. I thought. Yeah. It was a hand puppet that you could control the mouth. And then there was actually an apparatus that let you control the eyes, Oh, that's and the eyes right. looked back and forth. Could look, that's could right. look back and forth and and blink.
1: It was like a mad ball that you could control, because the <laughs> that, mad ball was just a ball. It was it was just like a foam ball that was sculpted to have this goofy face. And when then this it got cheaper, face. they
0: would they would start making them in plastic, and, and then, then they'd right start hurting when you yeah them when you threw them yeah yeah.
1: So the boglin, it seems like it was kind of a. Similar thing, but it was you, it was a puppet.
0: It was a puppet. Yeah, some of them, and they all had arms. Yeah, some I remember the arms. Came, some yeah. of them came with long tails. Some of them came with short tails. But again, the the plastic that they were made of, if you didn't keep them, if you didn't keep them away from small children and animals, the paint would easily chip off, and the plastic was very easy mm. to stretch and rip. Oh. Yeah, so by the, t- by the time I l- laid my Boglin to rest, his tail and one of his arms mm. had been uh, stretched to, uh, to their limit and beyond. So let us take a moment of silence for the boglin. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only we would have a moment of silence for a boglin. I think there's actually a lot. <laughs> there's of people probably out there, a lot out there that are w- probably. Hopefully, they're listening about to it,
0: yeah. our podcast and they are. They shared in our moment of silence for the death of the Boglin. That's
1: right. I'm not going to profess to know what the first real monster action figure was that came along, as a, at least as an action figure as we know them today. Mm. But I would assume that one of the first had to be the real Ghostbusters toy line it yeah, has to be it, it has to be one of the if not the first it's gotta be close to it
0: I don't think we've ever had an actual action figure with movable arms and legs because that's how I view mm-hmm. an action figure yeah, because it, yeah, has yeah it has to, has have, to have posability <laughs> yeah <of laughs> until the real Ghostbusters cartoon started doing the toy line and I remember specifically they did a whole line of, yeah. and that they didn't call them the Universal monsters. They just called them the monster line.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it was a Dracula monster, a Wolfman monster, a zombie monster, a Quasimodo monster, a wasn't, mummy monster. Wasn't and there a Frankenstein's Frankenstein? Yeah, monster. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had. The uh, the Dracula, the Frankenstein monster, and the Wolfman was the best because they all had action.
1: I always wanted the Wolfman. I didn't have that one. Oh,
0: they all had action. You you their legs, yeah. and they would and do they something. would do something. The, yeah, uh, the the Dracula one would his arms would come up and his cape would flow, and like, blah, look at me, I'm going to bite your neck. Blah 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 blah. I can't remember what the Frankenstein one did. I think his it, his neck went up or something like that. It hmm. was a real weird hmm. depiction of the Frankenstein monster because he had a mohawk. He
1: had oh, a mohawk. Weird. Hmm. And, well, I mean, you also don't want to get sued. Well, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to uh, step on any kind of uh, license right. deals. Because because um,
0: Dracula really looked like a grown up the Count from Sesame Street. His oh. skin was like this blue purple and okay. he was wearing a purple suit.
1: Okay. So the Joker and the Count got together <laughs> and had a yeah. and had a vampire toy baby.
0: The the wolfman one was the best because when you when you you squeeze the legs his arms would go back and his head would go up into a high Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
0: I, I got a lot of mileage out of that toy as a as a child.
1: We had the Quasimodo. Hmm, okay. And he had a he had a feature where his arms were shackled and he had he had this chain that stretched between his wrists. And if I remember correctly, when you squeezed his legs together, his arms would go out and break the chain. Break the chain. The chain. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, and I think his mouth dropped open, too. Mm, I think yes. a lot of the Ghostbuster toys, the mouths opened or eyes popped out. Yeah, or- the,
0: well, after the r- normal line of the Ghostbuster stuff, they started doing, everything would morph or, or change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the Ghostbusters, well, I mean, there was a whole line of Ghostbusters that had Fright Faces. Or something like that. Oh, it was maybe like, that's what I'm thinking. It, they of. would look normal, but then when you flipped a switch or you you squeeze the legs or something like that, their eyes would go out or their jaws would. Yeah, drop. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Then I remember getting a lot of a lot of the uh, the Ghostbuster toy because that was the closest thing you were getting to monsters at the time. The
1: earliest thing that I can I can think yeah. of. I mean, th- there might be there might be other
0: things out there that that predate it, but if there are, I don't know it. And simply because it was based off of a movie, there was also the Beetlejuice figures. There were figures that were based off of the movie, but then there but was then also there was a line that weird. was not based off of the movie or the cartoon series that came out after it.
1: No, because I think the toy line, didn't that come out in between the movie and the cartoon series? It like it, it predated. Yeah. There might be toys based on the cartoon as well, I don't know. But the toy series that, that you're talking about... Was more
0: based off yes. of yes. the film.
1: There was some weird designs for Beetlejuice in that set. Now, of course, they had him in the black and white pinstripe, and they have him in the purple tattered tuxedo for right, the yeah. for the wedding. You know, all the all the stuff that you would expect to see. But then there were things like the shish kebab Beetlejuice,
0: where it's he, one scene in the movie. Yeah, you know, it's just one scene. But but it wasn't shish kebabs that happened in the film. It's he grew thorns, right. He he had thorns all over him. Right. So okay. Well, how do you do this? How do you make a toy and have thought Well, you don't do it like that. You just you don't. Give them you, you, you give him
1: shish kabobs. Okay. So it's like okay, that's weird. But, but sh- then, it, but
0: shipwreck shipwreck. I was going to say,
1: then it got even when, weirder. When with was that
2: when were we on a cruise?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what in the world made them think about that? So yeah, it was a it was a strange toy line. I think we had two or three of them growing up.
0: I, I had a few of of the Beetlejuice ones. Uh, again, later, later on, and it always seems like they were always variants where the monsters were concerned, because the Ninja Turtle toy line of that of that era also put out two waves, and I only knew of one of them until doing research for another podcast about Ninja Turtles. Uh, I knew that there was uh, the line where Michelangelo was done up as the Frankenstein monster, right. And Raphael was a mummy. Yeah. And I remember I remember there being a Donatello Dracula.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: And I thought that was it. But there was actually more. There was actually Mike, another Michelangelo, but he's the Metaluna Mutant.
1: No way.
0: There's another Leonardo where he's the Wolfman.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: I want to say it was another... Uh, there was another uh, Raphael where he was the Phantom of the Opera.
1: Oh, wow. And I'm like, I didn't know about those. And,
0: and and I can't remember which turtle it was, but there was a creature from the Black Lagoon turtle. There was a whole nother line that I missed out on. Now here in the studio, we are surrounded by a whole bunch of my, the, the, the horror toys of old and new. And I actually have right behind me, the Raphael mummy and the Michelangelo, frankenstein's monsters figure on my desk right now as a adult collector i must have them all
1: right yeah well i was very
0: jealous of you when you got those (laughs) i'm even more jealous of people who were able to experience the full monster line jason has just looked up online the uh the what the pictures of what the uh the toys actually look like and he is He's flabbergasted. Oh
1: my, they are so cool. It's an <laughs> April O'Neil Bride. April O'Neil Bride. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, Metal and Mutant uh creature and Invisible
0: Man. Invisible Oh, that's what it was. Invisible Man. And there is wow. a Wolfman one. There is a Wolfman one. The Wolfman one was for the first for the first set. The first set. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, those are cool. So so keep a close eye on our social media. Because as soon as one of us get more of these, uh, these hard-to-find figures, we'll post them up online. Now, we've enjoyed this trip down memory lane way too much. But we want to know, did you have any of the horror toys we've mentioned so far? Let us know by going over to our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the web form, and let us know if you owned anything that we talked about, my pet monster, Poglin, any of the turtle toys, let us know. (laughs) McFarlane Toys and the Movie Maniacs.
1: It's no no big secret that not just horror toys and monster toys, but action figures in general changed in the mid to late 90s. The only things that we had monster-wise at that time, I think, was a line of Burger King Happy (laughs) Meal-style inserts of the the Universal Monsters. I think that there were about three or four of those. But, um, you know, when McFarlane Toys formed in the 90s, I think that's when things... That's when things changed for everyone. Once that's they what changed started everything.
0: Yeah. It, really, it, really change, it it literally changed everything where action figures, toys, statues, yeah, anything like not that. Not just horror. And it's not anything. just horror, but it was it was pretty much any memorabilia. It changed because McFarlane Toys uh, for those of you who don't know and you may not know, Todd McFarlane is an artist. Very good artist. Used to work for Marvel worked his way up in the ranks of Marvel, and got tired of being told what to do by editorial. If any
1: of you uh, know of the, a little character known as Venom, that is yeah. uh, one, of,
0: one of Todd McFarlane's... One of Todd McFarlane's contributions to the Marvel Universe. Yes. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. He and a bunch of other artists uh, that were working for Marvel left, formed their own company uh, called Image Comics. Uh, you may know uh, a very prominent horror-based character from Image Comics, Spawn, that is Todd McFarlane's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, he literally has been writing the popularity of that character for the last oh Jesus, gosh,
1: close to 30 years now.
0: Yeah, a- almost 300 issues for yeah, for that, yeah, for that yeah. comic as well. And one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted to have his own toys for his own comic books. If Image could put out their own toys for all of their comic books, I mean, come on, how much more money were you going to be able to make in? The problem is, is that all of the toy companies at the time were pretty lame when it came to creating a toy. It was your basic, here's the body, the arms move, the legs move. You might get a head turn.
1: You might get a head turn, maybe a knee can bend. Yeah, there um, might, I think there some might of the X some X-Men of the stuff started to do knees and Toy Biz did maybe a couple waist, of uh, joints yeah. and
0: yeah, things like that, but you, you didn't get a lot of articulation. And the so, detail
1: wasn't and the sculpts were not right. were not uh, very
0: You could tell who it was simply because you know it's an X-Men cartoon comic character or you could tell that it was somebody from something. But the faces were just kind of just bland.
1: Yeah, and then with the movie toys, too. I mean, you would get like a, a Batman Returns toy, and yeah, he's wearing the black suit, but it doesn't a, He's really... wearing the
0: cowl, so it's... Okay, okay, fine, I can tell that this is Batman. But it doesn't but really look like Keaton? Michael Keaton. Yeah, it doesn't look like <laughs> Michael... It doesn't look like Val Kilmer, either. No,
1: I mean, other than the fact that it's the black leather suit, you know, you really can't tell. So, yeah, All a right. rubber suit, rather.
0: Todd did what he does. It was like, well, I helped form my own comic book company, why not form a toy company? And he hired artists and sculptors, and they created these highly detailed, very articulate figures. I wouldn't let any child play with, because they damn break them. But Mm -hmm. these these are the things that you would want to reposition every other day on Mm -hmm. your desk or your shelf.
1: If the old Marx monster toys were like, little statues mm. that you could play with. These were like statues that were posable. These were posable playable statues. They they yeah. you would put them in a pose and they could sit on the shelf forever, forever in that pose and look like a statue. But because of the articulation, you could actually you could actually play with them.
0: Yeah. And McFarlane played around with uh, uh, a lot of uh, some music licensings and mm-hmm. and sports licensing. It was all about getting the likeness rights. Yeah. And he landed in the in the very late 90s, he landed the likeness rights for a lot of great horror properties and created the line known as Movie Maniacs. And everything
1: changed oh, with that line. Yeah. All of his other toy lines changed things,
0: but that toy line in, in particular really horror lovers like us didn't have anything Mm -hmm. like that we we got posters we had statues we had model kits we had the old our old stuff Mm -hmm. and then all of this highly detailed and articulate stuff comes out and we're creaming our jeans
1: Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah
0: this was it finally we could act not not only could we own a figure of freddy krueger and jason voorhees But we could then set them up to where it looked like they were locked in battle, like we had been wanting for years.
1: With Mike Myers in the background, you know?
0: Uh, Leatherface, Mm -hmm. drenched in blood on his his apron, uh, waiting for his turn to tag in.
1: Well, and that was the other thing. You know, you mentioned drenched in blood. That was the other thing that was interesting about the McFarlane movie maniacs, especially, I think, the first two sets. I Mm. don't think they did it past the first two sets, but they would do two versions. There was the PG 13 version ah. that would be delivered to like Walmarts and, and Toys R Us's and that. And then there was an R rated version that right. would go to the hobby shops and comic shops and, you know, specialty stores. And right. the, the one version would, would be Freddy Krueger covered in what looked like mud on his pants. But then if you got the R rated version. It, it was blood. blood. Yeah, yeah. He's so, either
0: dirty or he's, <laughs> or he's bloody. bloody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think
1: um, the species toy was the the R-rated version. You got one with nipples, and the other version, you got one with like a weird, scaly-looking bra. Thing ah, okay. On it or okay. Well, of course, you know,
0: because for for adults, I guess we're going to
1: go for the nipples. Oh, I yeah,
0: I couldn't find it. I always wanted it because it's got nipples. Why not? <laughs>
2: Why
0: not? <laughs> Now, Jason, were you fortunate enough to land any of these movie maniacs?
1: I had quite a few. In fact, it, it became a major collection for me for a while. There. Uh. I, I never got... Eve from Species. Hmm. Okay. Um, I could never because the only one I could ever find was the PG thirteen version, right? And I didn't want that. Not just not just for the you know nipples, the nipples and that, but i I also would much rather have the figure that looks like the movie, right? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, exactly. if they're going to do it, that yeah, if know. they're going to do it that detailed, then I want the real thing. Mm-hmm. So I never I never did get that one, but um, yeah, I had Freddy, I had... J- well, I still have them all. I bring them out every Halloween. Mm. I have Freddy, I have Jason, I have Michael, I have Leatherface, I have Ghostface. Let's see, in subsequent sets after that, who did I get? I got um, uh, Ash from Army of Darkness, mm, yeah. I've got... I have Candyman, I have Norman Bates, I have... Oh gosh, I have a bunch of them. I think I have Wishmaster. I've got boy. I'm trying to blank well, now. I, mean, I think I have some of the Terminator ones.
0: It's not it sounds like you have a I've a, got a, a pretty large collection. A pretty
1: large set of them,
0: yeah. Yeah, I unfortunately I only was able to ever find at the time when they were when they were hot. Uh I only bought one. Uh, and it was it was a two-pack. I want to say it was a two-pack. I want to say of uh Army of Darkness. It was Ash versus the, the Pit Witch. I had him prominently displayed with, uh, with, of course, the chainsaw on the hand. And that was another thing. The accessories that mm-hmm. came with the toys. Mm-hmm. You, you got the figure, and the figure was posable, But then it came with a nice little background that you yeah. could put behind it that had the poster, it had the poster of the, the movie. film that it's yeah. from. But then it also came with little pieces that went with the figure. Yeah, I loved the Ash figure because you could either have him wearing the metal fists or you can have him with the chainsaw on it. And, of course, I always pick the chainsaw. I always do, too, yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's a damn chainsaw. It's ash, yeah. yeah, it's, it's got to have the chainsaw. And then, you know, he'd have the boomstick in the other hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love. I, I love the fact that these toys at this time, th- this is why we say it changed everything because yeah. it showed it's not just... One chunk of plastic that's got a weird sculpt of not a gun, yeah, that goes into its tiny hole in the hand so that it, it it holds up. Sadly, when it comes to stuff like this, it's all really about the licensing. yeah. And when you start getting other companies coming around and like, "Oh, well, if he can do it, so can we," you start getting more and more companies pushing the envelope. Uh, sadly, movie maniacs. I want to say, even though there were like seven, there was rel- seven series of it, seven or eight, something maybe.
1: like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how many. And and even as it went, they even started doing not necessarily play sets, but big collector sets. Because I think right. there was a Jaws one. There was a jo- yes, and there, there was uh, which was Jaws. which was Bruce the shark and the boat. Right, and, and I I have the King Kong, which came with a little ferrari, and it had the giant you know, stage that he was chained to and that. But yeah, seven or eight series, and I think that that, was, that ended up yeah. running its course. Uh,
0: well, I, mean, I remember uh, they, they dabbled in the Alien and the Predator franchise, so you got a lot yeah. of stuff with that. You know, now that saying. you mention
1: it, I think that there may have been an AVP line that McFarlane did that was technically like, series eight or nine of yeah. movie maniacs but every figure was alien or predator right and that may have been the final nail if i remember right
0: well i mean after that he he switches over and, and focuses on the sports stuff yeah. and the music stuff which uh, of course again and then you know his own twisted stuff uh clive barker starts yeah. doing starts working yeah. with him and, and stuff like that and and that's fine you know he burned white hot for a for a short period mm-hmm. of time it might maybe about six maybe seven years yeah But the contribution that Todd McFarlane and his company gave us opened so many doors to where we are now. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Todd McFarlane. So, uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Todd. And that's where we ask you, what were your favorite movie
1: maniac figures? Were there any sets or particular characters that you loved that we didn't touch upon? Let us know by heading to our Twitter presence at 2GTHorror and post a pic of your
0: favorite movie maniac. Now before we continue gushing about the toys that are available for us to not, wink wink, nudge nudge, play with, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more Toying Around.
2: be cool if your advertising could last forever it can with perpetual advertising here's how it works magazine radio and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once and then they're lost forever perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks months even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. for most Friday the
0: 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know however is that there was another Friday the 13th the television series. Join your podcast hosts Mike and Nick as they review the search for cursed antique goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th the series.
2: It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com.
0: Make your podcast soar with the editor core. Editing podcasts can be rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Two Guys Talking Horrors, Toying Around episode. (laughs) The more horror, the better. Now, Todd McFarlane is not the only game in town. He wasn't the only game in town back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he's not the only game in town now. I don't want this to turn into a list show where we're listing off the, the, the best of the best where it comes to companies that deliver great horror-themed action figures and, and merchandise. But I do want to talk about a handful of the ones that I'm familiar with and that I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are familiar with, but maybe they're not and they're missing out. First off, we have to talk about NECA toys. NECA essentially is the company that took the baton, from McFarland Toys and kept on running with it into the night, far, far away to where you know they're gone. They're just out of this world. Some, uh, it's uncanny what these companies can do nowadays, where these sculpts are concerned. And we're not just talking about six-inch, seven-inch toys. We're talking about the twelve-inch toys. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the eighteen-inch toys. Yeah, uh, we're also talking about. Movie replica memorabilia. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Jason's mask. We're talking about Freddy's glove. I I, want to gush about NECA's horror stuff, but it's everything that they put out. It's not just the horror. The detail Mm -hmm. is even better now than it was back then. Of course, you know, the the technology, you got to love it uh, when it works. The horror stuff that they put out, I actually have a handful of the neca toys right now staring at us in the studio
1: you know i think that's the that's the difference between you and i you know you only had one movie maniac and i had a bunch no you have a bunch of the neca uh horror toys and i don't have any ah. so there's the there's the flip flop there
0: these these are becoming a new obsession for me because not only do they make a sculpt from a movie it's like, like let's take for example nightmare on elm street freddy Krueger. so it's the first Nightmare on Elm Street film, it's that Freddy Krueger. They've also made a figure for part two, where Freddy looked different. And the Mm -hmm. figures look different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise, there's literally a a Jason for every movie. There's a figure for every movie, including Pamela Voorhees. Oh, really? They did one of... Pamela Voorhees. Wow, that I didn't know. You you become obsessed where, well, I have to have every version of Jason... Voorhees that exists one of my favorite figures and a very easy way to keep my wife from coming into the studio I have the original Pennywise from the miniseries it the the Tim Tim Curry Curry version yeah I don't even have to open the box she won't come in here because it stares at her and she doesn't like that (laughs) wife doesn't mess around with the clowns whatsoever and these things are so detailed NECA's got it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they really are an amazing company and they're starting to do, you know, the big licensed properties for for television shows and mm. that too. I think um aren't they the ones that that do the the series of of Godzilla figures that are out now and
0: um, I do believe so. Yes. I, I didn't want to bog this episode down with, you know, research and facts and figures. It looks like a lot of these companies have the same rights to the same properties. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, things look just a little bit differently. Uh, some companies have s- exclusive characters. Like another company I want to mention, Mezco Toys. The same thing can be said about Mezco. Mezco does the reality of it all because they, they do the figures and they're actually dressed yeah. in cloth. Yeah. And it looks like it, it literally looks like it could be real. One of the one of the things I, I loved about Mezco is they started doing more outside the box type uh, uh characters. I mean when you compare them now, some of their earlier stuff, uh one of the one of the toys that I was very jealous that I was never able to get a hold of that Mezco put out, uh, they had Chop Top from Texas Chains of Massacre 2. And I mean, we're talking about it's Chop Top, but then you also have the removable heads you know the changeable heads and that's another thing that has progressed with all of these toys mezco and NECA and everybody else included it's not you're not just getting one toy you're getting a figure that you can then change the actual expression on their face yep, or change the head completely uh very like i said with chop top uh chop top it was how he looked throughout the movie but then you could also pop on the head that he's wearing the Sonny Bono wig and the, and the weird glasses. And that's the norm now where it comes for these companies. The, it's not only just the accessories, which are cool, but the fact that you can change your toy. Yep, You can change your figure and make it look different. Again, this gives you a reason to mess with them literally every day Yep, if you wanted to. If you wanted to make them look different on your display every other day. Again, I, I feel like most of them share a lot of properties. It's probably sure. it probably falls into. So this quarter, we get to put out this version of this character or this franchise. It could, it could, uh, who knows? It
1: could fall down to articulation. You know, you have the rights also, for for certain points. It's also, or,
0: price you know. too. Some yeah. of them, yeah. some of them are different prices yeah. too. You know, uh, depending on what a character, uh, how how fresh it is, how sure. new it is, or how old it is, or how rare they put them out. That's another thing that gets you when the collecting starts sometimes they don't push out a whole bunch of these and you got to y you, you got to be careful kids cuz you could fall down that slippery slope where here's the rabbit hole and take my money take the blood from me <laughs> any way that I can get these toys I'm going to find a way
1: speaking of of falling down uh, the rabbit hole you know uh, you and I both uh, tend to do that we've both fallen down similar rabbit holes <laughs> one rabbit hole that I have never Fallen into, and it and it isn't because I don't want to. It's just because I've never seen them at a decent price, and I couldn't find them at all when they started. Was um the full moon toys now? Yeah. I, for those of you who don't know, full moon is a uh, oh I don't know if you necessarily call it low budget. I guess they are a low. They
0: l- they are and they I are think a low they budget. Yeah,
1: horror. Um, it, but it's legit fantasy
0: it, it is well i mean they, a little bit of everything yeah they they've do a been little around bit around for almost as long as you and i've been alive. that's true
1: that's true yeah they started in the 80s yeah
0: so they've uh, full moon has got a great library of horror sci-fi fantasy films uh, they actually have a shared universe that's right uh, they were the, one of the first companies besides universal yeah. to actually have a shared universe for the majority of their movies over the years, they have kept everything in house. Yeah, and I understand that because then you get all of the money. Here lies my problem. I love the Puppet Master series, and you would think that creating toys, figures—sorry, for the Puppet Master for the Puppet Master characters—is a no-brainer, and it is. They've made these. Uh, they've also made uh, figures for some of their other popular franchises, like Subspecies. Uh, I know you're not into vampires, but subspecies was actually an interesting way to do a vampire mm-hmm, flick. Mm-hmm. Keeping things in house, though, when you look at some of the toys, they're not—they're not great. They're not at the caliber of what you would get from a NECA or a Mezco or, no. even, or, or even a McFarlane nowadays.
1: No, yeah, yeah, you're right. The, yeah, they don't—they don't hold up. I think for those, the, there are toy lines like that that exist out there um, strictly for those rabid fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, I'm such a big fan... I, I mean, I like a, a lot of the Full Moon stuff, but I'm such a big fan of the Puppet Master stuff that um, if I had the money, I, I probably would have started uh, collecting them. I'd probably um, grab but, a couple of them be, because so some was, of them look good. Not so that all was the my, my question. Great. Was it a rabbit hole that you went down?
0: No, no, I never went down the rabbit hole. A, because... Of the look, be because they're hard to get. Yeah, they're I mean, tough. You, you have yeah, to, tough to you find. literally have to order them from Full Moon, and they're expensive. Yeah, I grew up on Full Moon movies. Sure, sure. Yeah, Full Moon is is responsible. Full Moon and Early Trauma are responsible for the, the that unique weird button in the back of my brain when it comes to my horror tastes. So I I, I, I wanted to make sure that we at least. Made mention of them,
1: you know. It, it's interesting that you that you say that they don't necessarily always look like the characters, yeah. Because there's there is another uh-huh. toy line that we definitely need to touch on and definitely need to talk about, right? That I'm about for, to eat my hat. For whatever reason, the detail is so minute in the faces of all of the characters that this this line of collectibles licenses. Yeah. It's literally just two eyes and a nose <laughs> and yet and half the time they look like the property or if it's a if it's a licensed um character based on a on a particular actor's look, mm. you can see the actor's likeness and expression yeah. out of just these two eyes and a nose. And of course, we're talking about the massive global phenomenon right now of funko pops
0: and everything funko pops and everything out. funko related yeah 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 i i did not want to get and it wasn't for lack of trying i stayed away from funko for a very long time i was like oh yeah these look fun and they'd be great to put on a shelf but uh, no i don't want to i don't want to go down that rabbit hole and it wasn't even horror that got me into funko it was my love of '90s cartoon nostalgia. Disney Afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, they they, they, yep. they put out Darkwing Duck, and I was like, "Oh well, <laughs> guess I'm going to start collecting pops now." And I got the Darkwing Duck set, and I'm I'm like, "Okay, no, I'm fine. No, I don't mm-hmm. need it anymore." Mm-hmm. And then they started coming out with wave after wave of horror, mm-hmm. and I started looking back at some of the older stuff, and I was like. Oh wow, these are really cool!
1: Oh, and the horror ones—I love the, the horror, horror they're, ones. They're are getting, great. Getting hard to find they too. Are.
0: Yeah, the older ones are are almost Especially. impossible. Yeah, but I I stayed away from the pops and and I focused on the mystery minis. Ah, uh, yeah, that Funko yeah. would put out for horror, and again, hard to fu- hard to track down if you didn't grab them right then and there. I have. Only about half of series one of the mystery minis. I, I, you know, I'm missing Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. I'm missing Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Freddy and Michael are the the two main ones from that first series that I really want. And they're like, they're both like forty dollars. Oh my gosh! If I want to buy one out of the box online, I'm paying forty dollars for something that's a little bit bigger than my
1: I was going to say, they're really not that much bigger than a muscle figure or a monster Monster in my my pocket. pocket. Yeah, we have gone back. It's kind of gone gone backwards, yeah. Only in going back, we have taken the detail with us. Yeah. Because even though the Mystery Minis and the Pops, which I think are, what, only about three inches tall, something like that, maybe four, even though we've gone back to that kind of small figure and they're, in a more cartoony, maybe more abstract kind of stylized mm, yeah. de- depiction. That's
0: a good that's a good way of saying it, abstract. Yeah.
1: Abstract yeah, that abstract stylized look that they have, it has taken the detail of McFarlane and NECA and these companies back with it, especially the newer runs of mystery minis and pops.
0: Yeah. When they come out, I am I am there oh, yeah. and I'm buying box after box after box. and And
1: i usually end up getting a lot uh, of his doubles
0: (laughs) this is true well this is true because then you start buying boxes because then then, yep and then yeah
1: yeah yeah we tend to do that and
0: you find a group of people who are obsessed with it and then you all start trading your doubles Mm -hmm. with each other and eventually maybe you might get lucky and have a whole set i still there's only three runs of the horror mystery minis i do not own a full run of any of those sets Mm. Yeah, I don't think uh, I do. Either. But I'm, but I'm close with the the last one. I'm close with the series three, and then Funko itself, the pops, yeah. the pops. I own a lot of horror pops, and I, I for the life of me, I can't remember which was my first one. Uh, it was probably one of the classics. And when I say classics, it's not Universal classic; it's my childhood classic. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was it was Freddy or Jason or maybe even Ash.
1: I think yeah, you I might think, have
0: even got all three of those at the same time.
1: I think for me, it was it was Freddie and Ash. I bought them both in the same mm. day. And I think those were the first. I, now, I, by that point, I had already been collecting pops for many of the other stuff, the uh, the non horror related, right, right, right. Because I got into it about a two or three years before you did.
0: Your collection is insane.
1: It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I I don't use the term collection. I use the term addiction. Uh, I think Freddie and um, And I want to say it was the Army of Darkness Ash. Because I think there are two different Ashes. There's an Ash from the TV show, the Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And then there's an Ash from Army of Darkness. And I think I have the Army of Darkness one. I
0: have the Army of Darkness one as well. I've uh, not been able to get the Ash vs. Evil Dead version yet. Notice the word. I said yet. yet. Yeah. Because eventually I I will grab... More and more, uh, really, it it comes to a point of where do you display them? Yeah, you know, eventually you, you it does run come out down of room. To space. Now you you run out of room displaying them, but then you also run out of room boxing away the empty boxes for them.
1: Well, and that's and that's for you and I. I mean, a lot of people that that collect don't take them these, out of the box. Yes, same thing, same thing with all the other figures. You know, a lot of people don't take them out of boxes. I I know that. Um, You and I both keep some figures Mm -hmm. in boxes, but our our decision in that I'd say probably ninety five percent of the time is just space. It's easier to keep them in the box until we have a place where we can put them out. Right, because we are not, for the most part. Well, you know, there might be a couple of things here or there that we get for investment purposes, but we're both of the mindset. Where you you buy what you like, mm-hmm. not what's worth anything. Oh, yeah. and you—if it's a toy, you open it and you enjoy it. You enjoy and that's, it, and that's our view on it. But sometimes you don't have room, right, <laughs> right, to do that, and so it's easier to keep them in the box because it'll stack better, or you know, you have a small space. And so yeah, so some people, some people just leave all their pops in their boxes. I am not a fan. I I am like you. I I either. Keep certain boxes, or I, I generally throw my boxes away, mm. actually.
0: See, I, I keep the boxes just in case of moving purposes. Sure. Because then you don't have to wrap the pop-up. Each up. individual, yeah. All of my stuff is for display purposes. My NECA stuff is kept in the box. I mean, I really want to take them out and play. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> adjust the heads and, and and make them move in, in poses. and th- I want to play with them really bad. But... There's so many pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Until I have a display case to where I can put them in right. there and everything is safe and secure. I was say
1: a space where everything, uh, you know, has a, has a secure place to go into.
0: Because yeah. the, the, the pops themselves, they don't come with accessories. Right. So it's just you take them out and you set yep. them there and boom, yep, yep, they're yep. there. Same thing with the minis. Boom, they're there. You don't have to worry about them. For display purposes, yeah, all over the place. NECA. And anything anything else that I get in the future that has great detail and a whole bunch of accessories, those things have to be looked at as, oh, these are the pretties. You don't touch the pretties. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have to put those pretties on a shelf. And one day they will be on a shelf, and then one day they will be proudly displayed. We want to know, what company do you go to for your favorite horror toys? Reach out to us at our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com, hit the contact button, fill out the web form, and give us your answers. I hope that you enjoyed traveling down the nostalgia highway with me and Jason. I could literally go for hours and hours talking about those older toys. The memories run deep, and I, I actually wish that some of those older things would have a resurgence, You know, it seems like everything old is new again. Yeah, And and it seems like the things that I love horror-wise from my childhood still have not been recycled. Yeah, it does seem
1: like that's kind of a a venue that has not had a a relaunch of
0: any kind. But you know what? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Maybe I'll get a reissue, a real reissue. Of a my pet monster, not that weird, wacky. Oh, not that thing from a few. Yeah. 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 yeah, That was horrible. That's not a my pet monster. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll get some boglins back. Maybe Maybe. Monster in My Pocket will return. Will not just be something that gets you slapped with Uh. a harassment suit. (laughs) Until next time, I'm your host, Nicholas J. Hearn. And I'm your co host, Jason Contini. And remember, folks. Don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in the dark. Congratulations. You've survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. We hope you were entertained and informed by our program. Take what you have learned and pass it on to your family and friends. It may just save their lives someday. Have questions? comments? Suggestions for a future episode? Visit our website at twoguystalkinghorror.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side and fill out our short web form. It's the easiest way to interact with the hosts. Beware of monsters, creatures, and all things that go bump in the night. And keep telling yourself, it's only a podcast. It's It's only only a podcast. It's only a, podcast. It's,
1: it's only only a podcast.
0: podcast. it's only a podcast. It's, it's only, only a podcast. It is only a podcast. Why not why not nipples? Everybody loves nipples. I got nipples. Can you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> but we digress and, 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 and I'm done. <laughs> well, I sure hope that you enjoyed traveling down memory lane with me and Jason. Uh, those old toys, uh, the new toys are great. Never ever, I don't want you to think that you know, I'm I'm poo-pooing on anything now because you know oh now it's though now no see i don't like that either (laughs) i I, damn it take take a third and i want to do this professionally don't be afraid of the dark be afraid of what's in the dark or my pocket and we're gonna get sued